Welcome to Not the Worst Pastors Podcast with my dad, Matt, and his friend, James, talking about real relevant things and sharing stories. Welcome to Not the Worst Pastors Podcast. This is James Gomez. I'm the pastor at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, and I'm here with Matt Coyne. He is the pastor at Rollins Church in Manton, Michigan, but he's not in Michigan. I'm where, not. Are you, where are you, Matt? I'm in Indianapolis, actually, the last time you and I saw each other. Oh, man. Yeah, and I you know what that. I had. For, you know what I had for dinner? Um, oh, did you, have, did you go to that steak place or whatever? No, uh, sauce on the side. Sauce on the side. Yeah, we love that. That's I can truthfully say about seventy five percent of the reason we stay here is so we can get sauce on the side. On the <laughs> home. Oh, that's the wing. That's the wings place. No, it's that calzone place. Oh, the calzone. Calzone, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. calzone. Place. I had like where we sat in my mind, but I just didn't have what I ate in my mind. Yes. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah, The last time I was in Indianapolis, I flew back to Green Bay via (laughs) Denver. Denver. If you recall, and Frontier Airlines. Yeah, I was overnight, (sighs) a little extra. It took me so long to get home. Way to bring it up, Matt. I'm sorry. Man, now I'm mad. I'm sorry. Well, we've had a good We've had a good road trip. Uh it's 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 been good. Um yeah, but one more one more leg. We're done. We should have taken six hours today, but uh, it took like nine. Uh, so okay. that was, you, you know how it is sitting in traffic. And um, so. Yeah, I kind of forgot. I was turning. Okay, so in Little Sturgeon Bay, I'm turning right out of like an alley, turning onto Jefferson. And I literally had to wait for three minutes and it felt like forever. Yeah. That, <laughs> it just I, I the don't, car. I don't know how. So while I was down there, I got to interview Andrew Larson, uh, who is a good friend of the show, part of Practically Pastoring. And a few weeks back in his podcast, the morning after ministry show, he he was up in the north ish area and asked, how do we stand pumping gas when it's cold? And so I told him and then I asked him, how do you stand having to take 25 minutes to go three miles in Orlando? Oh, no kidding. I mean, it is just, I mean, obnoxious. we love the area. It's obnoxious. Yeah, yeah but we're, we're glad to be back with our one traffic light in Newton. Oh, so. I'd rather live in a place where the wind freezes my face. I know yes. we've talked about that before, but. Absolutely. Blah. All right. So today we've got a little different approach to our podcast. And we may or may not take this through Lent. We'll kind of see how this goes. But I did solicit a while back on social media for sermon titles that seem impossible to preach. And we had like 103 responses. I just looked again the other day and a a few came in trickling in after that, but I asked for them to be four words or less. Some people complied. Some people went with like six or seven words and said, please give me some grace for this sermon title. (laughs) at Michelle Gomez. And there were some other ones. So I I strove to identify the ones that actually went with the parameters. So four word sermon titles that seem impossible to preach. Now I'm going to present them to you, Matt, and we're going to pick a couple of them and see. Oh, so the goal is to like, what are we going to do with it? Like, why are they impossible or why do they seem impossible? And if they maybe seem impossible, like how can, how could we approach 
uh, writing a sermon or talking about a sermon with a title like that, how can we make it not impossible? (laughs) It's just a, a wild approach, I think. So here are the four and the people who suggested them. First one is God can't stand you. Okay. Okay. That was uh, Pastor Christina Berry. <laughs> She's a Presbyterian minister. And okay. then we've got Why Am I Me? Question uh, mark. Timothy Utton. I went to uh, seminary with him. And the next one is Jesus Didn't Mean That. Uh, that was submitted by Jeremy Lowe. I went to high school with that guy. And then Weird Stuff Christians Do by Krista Rodunz. So. Do any of those trip your trigger as something that you want to uh, take on? Or uh, two of those really stick out. Uh, okay. God can't stand you, and weird stuff Christians do. All I right. like all four of those, but those two <laughs> I like a lot. Okay, and God can't stand you is kind of like the KB book, Dangerous Jesus. I think that that is a really ear catching i guess ear catching title <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's catchy Be, yes because for me the first thing i thought of is that god can't stand you as far as god can't it, it's not that god can't stand you but god can't stand the sin that you're living in okay and so you know we think of god can't be around sin he's holy 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 as we see in isaiah he's he's even holy he's separate from the separated so from the heavenly beings so he can't stand being with us in our sins so he sent his son jesus to take care of that to reconcile us to redeem us to renew us so that he can stand us so he can be in our presence so wow there you go, Matt. Okay, so you basically you're you're just saying that well that uh that sermon title is just catchy all the way through. Yeah. I mean, it grabs your attention and it's not like it's a complete bait and switch. It actually is true in this particular way. And so your sermon would be um, you know, inviting people to recognize their sin, which is yeah. a part of a person, and it's something that God literally cannot be around so he yeah. goes to work to rescue to save to redeem and make us into holy creatures yeah and i would even add to that of you know if i tell you james i can't stand this person uh-huh. if the next words that came out of my mouth as a sinful human was i can't stand this person i would love them to be with me for an e- for eternity that's not going to happen. But with our sovereign Lord, that does happen Mm -hmm. that he can't stand us in our sin. So what does he do? He finds a way through his son, Jesus Christ, that we can be with him for eternity. So I think I would even take it, take that a step further as well. There you go. So, I mean, I, I, I like that exactly. As you were talking, I was thinking, um, do you know who Aubrey Plaza is? That, why does that name comedian sound actress yeah um, okay parts and rec i think is yeah it's yes. a it's a show that i really don't watch too much of so i might have it wrong but she's just got this dry deadpan sense of humor there's a a video of one scene with her and she's like i can't stand that lady or she's the worst human alive i want to travel the world with her <laughs> like <laughs> those two sentences come out back to back and that's yeah. kind of what came to mind as you were talking about this so you know, God can't stand you. I want to spend eternity with you. Yes. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Good. So it seems impossible, 
why does it seem why would it seem impossible at first though like why would that sermon title or why is it catchy like why does it what? seem like ridiculous well, I think it seems ridiculous because if we know anything about God, he's a God of love and a God who, you know, did create the opportunity for us to be with him forever uh, through his son, Jesus Christ. So I think when you just say God can't stand you, that's, whoa, well, right. I always thought God loves me, you know, I and so I think that that's catchy. Again, I go back to the dangerous calling from KB for, from his book. That when we were down in Florida around this time last year and the mm-hmm. practically pastor guys were interviewing him, he said he picked a title that um, he he picked a title that he wanted non-Christians and Christians to look at and it catch their eye. Yeah. Dangerous, did I say, dangerous Jesus is the name. What did I say? I don't know. Dangerous God, dangerous, maybe? Oh, Yes. Oh, yeah. Brittany just said, I said Dangerous Calling, which is a book by David DePaul. <laughs> yeah, it's Dangerous Jesus. You're right. Yes. Yeah. But so. OK, yeah, it's kind of for the same reason that it kind of grabs your attention. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. So do you want to say anything more about that or should we move on to uh, the weird stuff Christians do? I'm I'm good. All right. Good. Moving on. All right. If you let's, are. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about weird stuff Christians do. Now, this, <laughs> I mean, it's this should be a book, not a sermon. <laughs> That's yes. why it's impossible. To, yeah. In my mind, this category occupies much more, uh, much more material than, than fits into a a standard 20, 30 minute sermon. Even if you're part of a church that the preaching goes on for an hour and a half, I still don't think you're going to exhaust that material <laughs> in an hour Absolutely. and a half. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. But so it's imp- in my mind, it's impossible to preach because you really can't even begin to scratch the surface of the weird stuff that Christians do in a short, you know, half an hour sermon or whatever. But yeah. what are some weird stuff, weird things? What What is some weird stuff that Christians do? What do you think? Just name, well, you know, throw out a couple of things. And we use very churchy words, you know, one actually Brittany uh, and I were just talking about this on our, uh, I'm uploading it right now. Our road trip day eight, not the worst road trip day eight. We were talking about all the billboards we have seen and just how cringy some of the, these billboards down South are that's supposed to be a display of God's love and Jesus's love, but they're just cringy. And one of the things that led us to talking about how Christians, we always talk about the blood of Jesus. Mm. And I mean, we should, we should, it is by, Jesus' spilt blood that we are even back to the, you know, what I was just talking about, that we are redeemed. But if you go to a non-Christian and go, did you know the blood of Jesus that that it hit with spit? Yeah, the blood that it, it's going to be like, that is weird. Why, why are you saying that? You know, so yeah. that's just one quick example. Well, I think in the uh, first century, the Romans actually reported the Christians for being cannibals for that reason. You know, they heard, celebrated yeah. the the body, they ate the body, drank the blood. Yep. And to an outsider, that sounds kind of well, it it sounds cannibalistic because if you were literally doing that, you would be a cannibal. Yeah. So that is kind of yeah, some weird so, stuff. Yeah. And and I just think, you know, so weird, strange, uh I I 
I, I guess hypocritical would be different. So let's just stay with the weird and strange. Well, I'll go. I'll roll with the hypocritical because okay. the weird stuff Christians do. I mean, I would expect most people. Like I kind of have an expectation that people will act with some level of consistency. So if you say that you're going to do a thing or that you are a person that is or thinks this way, then you would expect them to be that way. So somebody who is analytical, I would expect them to be, you know, kind of follow the process. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you're a creative, I might not expect them to, you know, be on time or something along those lines. I mean, you'll kind of follow that through. So weird stuff Christians do might be to champion forgiveness and repentance and yet not participate in those things very often. You know, don't, I'm not willing to repent because it's scary or I'm not willing to admit my shortcomings because I might not be forgiven. Okay. But that's literally the thing that you celebrate and talk about or at least hear about every week and you have for the past 60 years or depending on who you're talking about, of course. So I would say it's rather weird to be hypocritical. (laughs) I just think that that's just an odd thing. Yeah. And you know, I kind of go through and think of even on like in the political world, you know, just how weird it is that Christians, you know, we say we follow Jesus, we follow Jesus, we follow Jesus. But then if you talk to some of these uber conservatives, it's wait, do you follow Jesus or do you follow your political party? And so I think that that's another weird thing. Or your tradition or something along those lines. Yeah. Okay. So one of the neat things about us, me doing this in a hotel room is Brittany is listening to me talk and she just texted me. (laughs) She said, Christians say, have a blessed day as if every day you are alive is not blessed. You you, sir (laughs) mean have a nice day. (laughs) Okay. yeah, but even that kind of fits into the the words. Even though people use the word blessed a little more commonly, a little more often, and yeah. most people aren't completely alienated if you say have a blessed day, it still kind of sounds Christian-y. And yes. so we still go there. And I think it's because we're we think we're supposed to say those things. Yeah. So that, I, I guess another be. I guess this is hypocritical, but another weird thing I love <laughs> is, you know, that we hear all the time, you know, you know, look, look, how do you know, how, how do I want to say this? Look out for those who are less fortunate uh-huh. and look out for, you know, the, the poor and everything. But then Christians, our first reaction is to just, well, maybe if you didn't do this or that, you want to be in the situation uh-huh. very much like the disciples did with the blind man, instead of actually helping the blind man in John nine yeah. or John, uh, John, they, they go, Jesus, why was this man b- born blind? Was it his parents or him? Yeah. One, how can it be him if he was born blind, you idiots? And two, <laughs> and two, um, look what Jesus does. He actually does something about it instead of just speculating why the man's blind. So mm-hmm. okay. I'm sorry. So I think yeah. that, I think that's right. You got a little loud there, Matt. So I'm sorry aggressive. I did. I this is a different mic. It's my travel mic, so uh. you know. I hope, I, get, you're not peeking, loud I hope you're not peeking too much, but I don't think I'm watching it. So, <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So other weird stuff Christians do. I mean, okay. So what I said was that it seems impossible because there's a lot of different things that could be uh, crammed into this topic. Um, so it doesn't fit into a sermon length, but how, how does it preach? Like, I was just going to, I was just going to ask you that. What's the application? How's it preach? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, obviously, if we're talking about the the hypocritical side, that preaches very easily. Like, don't be a hypocrite, you hypocrite. Like, just don't yeah. be that way. So, well, I think the appeal is so if you are if you act differently from your confession of faith, then what are people looking at from the outside? What are they seeing, and how much mm-hmm. value does that have to them? Well, if we're called to be his witnesses and we're not bearing good witness. In fact, if we're bearing false witness um, by being hypocrites, then hypocrites, then um, then we're simply not being good Christians at all. So yeah. I think that's that's rather weird. It's like a waste of our time. Why are we doing this anyway? Yeah. Well, let me talk this out. Okay. So uh, Jesus, when he preached and he talked to those who did not put their faith in him, he used what we call parables, right? Uh-huh. He he used stories or examples that had to do with that day, with that culture to help mm-hmm. them understand. And so I think another weird thing that, you know, we do as Christians is I've, I've seen this, I've heard this, that, you know, you go up to a non-Christian and say, you know, in the Bible, it says that Jesus <laughs> leaves the right. 90 and 99 sheep. You're not talking to a shepherd. The person doesn't understand that. So I think that, you know, I'm a big fan. There's a book called Grasping God's Word by Scott Duvall, and I forget who else uh, wrote. I think it's Scott Duvall. Um, but it all it talks about building that bridge from the original context to today and not to change the Word of God. That's not what he talks about. He talks about helping people grasp what does the parable of the mustard seed mean? What does the parable of the lost coin mean? What does the parable of the widow me, you know, who, who gives every, the widow's might. So mm-hmm. that I think as Christians, we really fall short. And I, th- I would put that in the category of weird that we expect a non-Christian to understand mm-hmm. the word of God when they've never studied it. Okay. I agree with that. So yeah, we use the yeah. Christian cliches and all the, all the Christianese that you were talking about before. So we use yeah. those words and it's not just plain weird to use those words, but we use them around people that might not know what they mean whatsoever. It's like speaking a whole different language. And yeah. then we, but then we kind of go off to the side and we go, ha ha ha. They don't know what that word is. Like, mm, mm, yeah, that's good. That's kind of sucks. Don't do that. I mean, bring yeah. them along. Um, that seems unfair. Okay. Um, I have another thing that I think is weird that Christians fight amongst themselves. Yeah. How about the, how about the, he gets us camp. By the way, I've had a couple people ask us to talk about it again. PS. Okay. Um, (laughs) but, um, you know, we have this, he gets us campaign and Uh whether you agree or disagree, the watching world, Brittany and I just talked about this today in the car. The watch Brittany world. just have a beautiful relationship. I <laughs> You're so Nothing. in love and you, and you communicate yeah. so well. Well, and we were in the car for 20 hours. So, um, right. so you, couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't escape. <laughs> but we talked about how a non-Christian sees this ad at the Super Bowl. And then the next day sees on social media Christians arguing about if this is a good ad or a bad ad. Now, don't get me wrong. We've talked about this. I do think it's an incomplete ad. I think there's issues with it. But a non-Christian is looking at that commercial going, well, doesn't Jesus love us? He does. Doesn't Jesus understand us? He does. Doesn't he want his love to be known? He does. Then why are you all complaining and disagreeing? Uh... (laughs) 
<laughs> right. Well, I'll I'll go so far as to say, why are we fighting? I mean, I think disagreement is something that everybody recognizes, and we clearly disagree. But if we can't treat each other lovingly in our disagreement, that's the that's the poor witness. Yes. Right. Yes. So it's the actual. I think it's the actual fighting where because I th- we're tearing it down. Yeah, and I think it's okay to disagree. I mean, I know, like I said, I, I was very vocal about this last year. I do think that he gets us campaign is an incomplete thought. I don't think it shares the whole, the whole redemptive love of Jesus Christ. Like right. he gets us. Well, he didn't leave us there. He saved us, redeemed us, reconciled us. That's a whole other t- discussion. But what I'm saying is, we're so worried about what we disagree with. What a weird thing. That we literally, James, again, how often do we say this? You and I on paper, people would be like, that's weird that you two get along so well and get to t- have a conversation. Mm-hmm. No, it's not weird. <laughs> it shouldn't be weird. No, this should be normal. And yeah. we, we basically throw our cast our Christianity aside in order to tear down another Christian for their particular yes. perspective yes. on something. Uh, that's that's weird that's it that's is weird in my mind so. i can i'm so glad you brought that up i cannot <laughs> cannot agree anymore all right fantastic well okay so i think we've maybe exhausted that let's just touch base on uh one of these other ones um i kind of want to go after jesus didn't mean that maybe we'll do that next time if we get the chance but yeah. so let's look at timothy utton's why am i me <laughs> that's that's a little bit just interesting isn't it yeah, maybe just maybe that's also weird. But why am I me? What makes up me? Can we really kind of get after that in a sermon? I I think so. I mean, why am I me? Because you know I'm created in God's image. I mean, when when God says, "Let us make man men and man in our image," you know, why are you who you are? Because that's who God created you to be. I think it preaches really well with today's culture, you know, with the what pronoun do you prefer and, uh, you know, your gender identity. I, I think that preach. I think that title is good. You know, why am I me? OK, well, and maybe so. in conjunction with who am I? I mean, why am yes. I me? But I mean, we are created in God's image, but we are also shaped by the world. So there's the nature part. Yeah. We are created. That's how we're made. But then we're also nurtured to be a certain thing or be a certain way. And I think the rest of our lives is just a, a matter of just working that out Yeah. Um, based on what we're told about ourselves from biblical truth to how we're raised to how we react to certain situations. I mean, we're not robots. We're not programmed to be a certain way. So we all react to things differently. So Mm -hmm. why am I me? How am I me? All those questions are probably questions that people are asking. And who's that question asked to? You know, that's another interesting, I think, thing to think about as you prepare that sermon is, is this, why am I me asked to God? Is it, why am I me asked to myself, Mm. to a pastor, to a friend? Okay. Because I mean, I I think that's also an interesting, uh, you know, thing to think about (laughs) as as you plan that out. Okay. Yeah. I think we do ask, I mean, the, we ask God the the seemingly impossible questions or existential (laughs) questions um like uh, what why do i exist um i have older people 
Um, typically, they're older than eighty, but I mean, some you know, older people who are who are sick and who have lived a, a good life or a long life, mm-hmm. and they wonder why they're why they're still here. So they ask those kinds of questions, mm, yeah. and I think that's kind of all wrapped up into it. Like, what uh, what do you have in in mind for me, God? So they we do ask God a lot of those questions. Yeah. Then we ask other people, like, or ourselves. We're just kind of pondering our in our journals or in our heart of hearts. Why am I who I am? Like, why am I this way? And my kids say that phrase a lot. <laughs> like, why am I this way? When they are. They have overwhelming uh, anxious thoughts or something along those lines. Like they just don't want to be that way and they just wish that they weren't. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's a question of not just um, identity, but why it's more about behavior. Like why do I have to behave this way? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's impressive. These, these people who came up, so I didn't ask you, why did you ask this question? I, I know, I think I've asked you before when you first came up with it, but I forget what you said. About the the impossible the four, sermon yeah. titles. Um, I think I was, I don't, I whatever, whatever I was preaching on that week, I think I had a weird, a weirdish sermon title associated with it. And it just prompted me to think of other sermon titles, but sometimes I'm just looking for engagement on social media. And I thought that kind of a question, I think people will respond to. So I roll it out there and see who says what, if I recall, I think, like I said, there were 103 responses where they typed a comment and there were only like seven likes, (laughs) which is opposite, right? Yeah. So yeah. they didn't just well, like they, it, they, they contributed right away. I was going to say, yeah, they which is better. But I mean, I also asked because your most famous and well-known sermon title of I, of I Like Big Butts. I love also, Big Butts. No, yeah, I, I like love Big, big Butts. butts. <laughs> yeah, it's that's four words. So uh-huh. bravo. I think that is an impossible sermon title that you made a sermon. <laughs> a seemingly impossible sermon title. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, so. All right. Well, that's so, cool. I think yeah, maybe bra- next time. Bravo to all these people. <laughs> they, they came up with some good stuff. There's There are some some doozies. I thought that these would be uh, good talking points and things that we could, you know, grab onto and, you know, launch a conversation from. So maybe Absolutely. we'll maybe we'll look at Jesus didn't mean that. And next time, because I actually have a story about that. Um, a, a semi-local pastor actually said those words in some kind of odd context. So oh, <laughs> I'm kind of excited, looking to, forward to, that. excited to share yeah. that with you and everybody else. So, yeah. all right. Well, thank you all for joining us once again on not the worst pastors podcast. Oh, I actually have one more thing to say. Mary Ann Moeller is one of our listeners. And every time she comes up to me and she kind of just, I think she sidles up. I think that's the word. She kind of rubs up her shoulder next to me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I was listening to the worst pastors again. I'm like, <laughs> No, Marianne, it's not the worst pastors. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Marianne. She loves to push my buttons. Uh, That's awesome. (laughs) And I love to push her over. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) No, but thanks for listening, Marianne. So this has been Not the Worst Pastors Podcast. We'll see you next week. See ya.